your soul. Get this party on the road. How fast can this white go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. Who knows who he has next? At Greg Carrasco, trending Twitter like a bomb. Tens of thousands on his lawn. He's even followed by your mom. What? Broadcasting live. Here is your warning. The topics are flowing every Saturday morning. Car talk like Sherlock. The guy knows wheels like a Dow stock. Movie talk on a boardwalk. Shoot facts like a tomahawk. So entertaining. Turn up the station. There's no more waiting. This show is beginning. It's too late to escape. Let's go. Here's your host. Greg Carrasco. And here we go. Slackers! Carrasco here! It's that time of the weekend. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, it only means you're still alive. And for some of you, that's a good thing. We usually start our Saturday mornings with our shout-outs. A big shout-out to my friend Richard Sirrett. We seem to be making it a, a monthly thing. We get together. We enjoy some delicious steaks at the keg. Chicago style. Just sear it. That's it, man. That's all you do. And then you get it off the grill. Get it out. Out. I don't want them to kill my cow twice. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking to Richard, man. We, you know, we met around seven o'clock or so, seven, seven, ten, and I, I didn't make it home until maybe ten twenty, ten, ten thirty last night. Oh, really? Yeah, man. I, um, you know, it was a, it's a business meeting that uh, always turns out into a wonderful conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but. Um, yeah, he invited me to Greece, man. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I have some friends that actually want to spend time with me. Unlike my friend Kurt. You've you've heard me talk about my friend Kurt. You know? I've heard of Kurt, yeah. Yeah. He's my best friend, but I'm not his best friend. It's, it's terrible. Ah. It's terrible. I, you know, he moved into a new place. He's been there for months. He's never invited me. Like, what is this? For real? What sort of nonsense is this, Kurt? You know, how can you claim that title? You know, you can't claim the title of one of one of your best friends, but and never have ever been invited to his place. I know that he's driving somewhere this morning. He is with uh, his two beautiful, beautiful daughters, mm-hmm. Lily and Maya. And what it seems to be the only voice of reason in his life these days is uh, his girl, Iwana. Mm-hmm. A big shout out to you guys. I know you're listening to the show this morning. 
Lily, Maya, I love you girls. Hopefully I see you soon, but since your father never brings you guys around, I don't, I don't even remember your faces. I don't, I don't even know what you look like. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> That's important, actually. I mean, uh, if someone is your best friend, you'd like to know what they No, do. no, no. You know, immigrants don't have best friends in Canada. Oh, right, right, right. You right, don't. Right. We've talked about this before. True, true. You know, by the time you make it here, all the best friend spots are taken. They're ah, all taken. Yes, that's you right. You make yes. your best friends in elementary school. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what my buddy Kurt tells me all the time. He's like, "Oh, you know, you, you know, yeah, yeah, you're 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 my best adult friend." When you know, I've had another friends. It's like, what? What are you talking about, dude? <laughs> what are you talking? What sort of inclusive nonsense are we using? What sort of inclusive, diverse language are we using right now? I don't, I don't, I don't get it, man. I also want to send a big shout out to. Um, to all the competitors, we um, the Octa Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu organization has a little army of competitors that are driving down to Whitby, Ontario. Uh, for this weekend, we have the Ontario Open. It's a, it's a massive tournament. Mm-hmm. So I hope the boys and girls bring back some hardware, if you know what I'm saying. Yep, yep. They, uh, they've been training super hard. You know, my partner and friend, Louise, mm-hmm. every single day, man, he's just talking to these kids, talking to these kids, training, fighting, talking, training, coaching, talking. It's like, I don't know how he does it, man. I don't know how he does it. When I go to the school, you know, I just, I, I just want to blend in. I just want to go and... Roll, train, that's it. Well, you know, actually, Kurt showed up at the uh, and, and did a class for the first time since I had the school. Oh, wow, okay. Oh, wow, like he blessed me. Oh, like, I'm so special. After two years of having the academy, it's the first time that he actually shows up. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kurt. <laughs> Thank you for showing up. He was the last one. It's like, but you're my best friend, Greg. You know, anything for you. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he realized very very quickly how difficult jujitsu is. You know, you should come and try it, Lex. I should. I really really should. Yeah, you uh, you, you got to try it out. Mm-hmm. So maybe I can make you pay for all the days that you don't show up for work. <laughs> what do you, What do you think? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> jujitsu is a great equalizer. But uh, on on the last jujitsu news, the um, Octa BJJ Milton. Is opening up. We have a soft opening this coming Monday. Uh, this Monday, the town of Milton will have the newest Octa BJJ Academy. It's beautiful. New. Ma- new mats, new smell, new paint, new professors, new coaches, new everything. This is the uh, it's going to, it's going to be one of the nicest Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu facilities in the town of Milton. Mm-hmm. A couple of things that will set them apart is the fact that um, they they don't have contracts. So you know a lot of you know, martial arts academies will try to tie you down for three, six, twelve months because they don't have any confidence in what they're teaching you. So, you know, since if if the students don't like it, I, sorry, you got a contract, you got to stay. I'm sorry, that's what the paper says. But yeah, they don't do that uh, at Octa. You know, they're always on a thirty day cycle. You stay. It, it, you know, it's a true essence of a capitalist system. You know, it's a it's a voluntary exchange 
of services. You will stay so long as you want to stay. Yeah. And uh, that that opens the door for people to be free. Come in. You never really have to worry about, oh, what if I don't like it in a month? Yeah. So? Yeah. So? Yeah. So? Uh, the other thing that um, sets them apart is that um, every single day, there is a medical grade sanitation process that uh, is done on the mats, the wall mats, the floor mats, the bathrooms, the door handles, everything is sanitized. You know that there is a solution that kills everything. Oh, yeah? Yeah, there is something that they use in hospitals that it kills oh, all that. sorts of different bacteria, everything that you can think of. Right, yes. You know, even some of the conditions that you have, like the herbs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just joking, folks. I, I don't know. My close contact with Lex is limited. Oh, very so, limited. Yeah, very, very limited. <laughs> <laughs> there is a glass in between our relationship with Lex here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, the Octa BJJ Milton is opening up. Uh, there is a soft opening this coming Monday, and there will be a grand opening the first week of November. In uh, subsequently, uh, Burlington. Location is opening up sometime in the middle of November. So Octa BJJ Burlington is coming up in about five or six weeks. And uh, that school is going to be led by one of the highest ranked Brazilian jiu-jitsu professors in Ontario. What? Mm-hmm. What is this? What is this? This is, this is this, oh, wow. Okay. What is this? Let's go. Octa BJJ is making some inroads. I mean, I'm not going to talk about Oakville and Mississauga because those guys are killing it. Mm-hmm. But a big shout out to the entire Octa BJJ organization. Um, now, the reason why I have left some of the best for last is that... Um, I want to also send a big shout out to my crew at Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. This past year, Lex, has been a nightmare. Dude, dude. Really? Dude. It's been a nightmare. Uh, We have been forced due to construction to get out of the building and into trailers. What? I we're working out of trailers. Uh, yeah, man, we've been on trailers the entire year. But um, despite the fact that the entire uh, Oakville Nissan, Oakville Infinity organization has been working out of trailers, they have suffered almost no dip on sales and profitability in in cars and service, mm-hmm. which is. In my opinion, and, and this is my obviously, obvious, very, very humble opinion. Results are the only proof of ability, man. I, 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 I write it on every one of my emails. Everyone knows. Everyone that knows me understands this. And the fact that we have been able to sustain, maintain, and keep what we had last year and not lose it in the middle of a construction. I mean, there's no parking do. There's nowhere to be. There's no, you can't even think. I can't even have a private conversation in my office because right beside, there's the walls are thinner than cardboard. Wow. The receptionist on the other side and three more salespeople and sales managers. But our customers have been so accommodating. Mm-hmm. Most of them. Most of them. Okay. There are some people that refuse to be happy, and those ones, I, I can't help it. But uh, Yeah, and, and as goes with greater society. Yeah, with greater society. So, for the month of October, if you're looking for an inexpensive vehicle, 
You can get a brand new, brand new 2023 Nissan Qashqai all-wheel drive with only $2,195 down for $66 a week plus tax. What? $66 a week plus tax. That's amazing. That is so amazing. Um, But again, and we have them in stock, so you can come down. Uh, We have cars are accumulating. We have inventory, so you can come down and just take the vehicle home if you like. That's how available the vehicles are. And on the infinity side of things, we have rates. I mean, those cars are not inexpensive, but in the uh, in the era of just inflation. Oh God. Uh, every time I say his name, I throw up in my mouth a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear his voice and I do the same thing, honestly, uh, these days. <laughs> <laughs> is he the most hated person on the planet? Is, is he the most hated uh, prime minister on the planet? Like maybe, we- the most ridicule- maybe the most ridiculed. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is the laughing stock of the world leaders. He is for sure. I, in all the years that I've been in the country, he is most definitely the biggest, uh, the the one that most resembles a clown. Like, really, I, I don't I don't understand it. I mean, you know, what he got in trouble for back in the day, <laughs> before, when he was elected first, um, kind of painting his face, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's, that, 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 was, that, was, that was a bit of a clown he, move. <laughs> yeah, that was a clown move that he did, I don't know, maybe 25 years ago. But True. I think that what he's doing right now, he's he's literally, he's direct, directly and literally affecting the lives of 40 million Canadians. Yeah. Is that the best? He Is he the best we could do, folks? Are we serious? Is he the best we got? Like, I can think of a bunch of people that would be better prime ministers. Like, for example, my partner at, uh, at Octa uh, Corporation, my, my partner, Luis. Yeah. He looks like a statement, you know. If you go back into the 1800s, you know, with all those guys that would have take the pictures with their hand inside their their jacket and the chest, you know, just standing like so proud and like, mm-hmm. you know, he he could be a, a better prime minister. He was one of the most composed people that I know. Now, if you misbehave, he'll choke you right out. But that's a different <laughs> conversation. Who else could be a good? Prime Minister, I don't know. I, I, let me see. Let me let me think about this. Uh, Stephen Harper should come back for sure. Yeah, I, I, that I wouldn't guy, mind that. I yeah, wouldn't mind that guy was uh, his haircut, man, dude. His hair is like slick, <laughs> slick. But uh, yeah, I I'm embarrassed. You know, we are represented by this buffoon, and uh, he's still in power. Uh, I I wish that something would happen. Like somebody has to tell me, like, dude, man, you got to step down. Like, you can't keep doing this. Mm-hmm. They're sliding. If he doesn't step down now, the free fall of popularity of the Liberal Party of Canada is going to disappear. It is already disappearing, according to the latest uh, polls. polls and uh, and, the, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah the he, he, they need to pull the shoot. They need, to, they need to walk him out. They need to walk him out because I can tell you, if he keeps doing what he's doing, the conservatives are going to get a 100% 
in the next election. Yeah. The Liberal Party would disappear. I'm not even going to talk about his um, love affair with uh, Jagmeet Singh from the NDP. He's mm-hmm. like, well, reports are this week that some people in his circles are telling him to uh, break step away. Down? Yeah. To step down? To, to break away from, uh, yeah. from, uh, from the dictator. From, yeah, from the favorite dictator, you know? <laughs> my favorite dictator. He, w- he will always be my favorite dictator, for sure. For sure. But saying that, I always uh, try to leave this this hour for the car business. And um, this week, I've received a few phone calls from you folks. You, yes, you. You're listening to the show right now. Which, by the way, you can call any time. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. I've received some phone calls from you that have literally vexed me. I feel vexed. Wow. That's a strong emotion. Mm -hmm. I'm filled with strong emotions, especially in the morning, if you know what I'm saying. Before we talk about my strong emotions, we're going to take a short break. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. Folks, those of you who know, know that before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come and see me at Oakville Nissan in Oakville Infinity. You're going to see my handsome face. Maybe. Not Tuesdays. I do a couple of loads of laundry on Tuesday. We'll be right back. Cross the street, it's the cars that have to look both ways. <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris, and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. Darcy Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show. What's up, everybody? This is Rand. Are we back? Uh, we are. I, I, I hit the wrong mouse button. <laughs> I, I, have, I have three mice in front of me, and oh, I hit the wrong mouse. my Lord, Lex, <laughs> please come to jujitsu today <laughs> or next week. <laughs> so I beg you. I beg you. You really want to kick my, uh, my, my, you really want to kick my behind, don't you? <laughs> no, no, no. We never use jujitsu for those oh, yeah, nef- yeah, oh, nef- yeah, nefari- that- nefarious things. I, I have a clean heart now. Man. I, this is the best version of myself so far I I have upgraded my um, my operating system over the last couple of years this is my best the best uh, the absolute best version of myself today this mm-hmm. is the, the best I've ever been mm-hmm. I like to think too, you know it's, we change man it's our responsibility to change but you know some of the things that don't change are the ones that are vexing me this morning 
Folks, the uh, the only reason why you are listening to the show today or if you're just coming across this right now and or you've been following me for some time uh, has been mostly because of my career in the automotive industry. This is my 30th year that I am celebrating uh, in the wonderful industry that I love to hate and I hate to love, uh, the car industry. Um, when I started my career back in 1993 at 401 Dixon Nissan, I stayed there for almost 20 years. Um, it was a different time. Uh, this is before computers. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Save the jokes, people. I was selling cars before computers. And um, you actually had to take some time to think. You had to take some time to do some research. You needed to read about the competition and whatnot. And then customers would come in and you would actually actively try to sell them something. The art of selling was was, was a thing. Having a conversation, discussing the features, the ad- advantages and the benefits of each and every one of the things that separated your product from everybody else's. And then you needed to go into explanations as to why your vehicle was better than everyone else. And if you were, if you were good enough, you would convince to the customer that, that you were the absolute best salesperson that they could ever possibly talk to, that the car that they were looking at in your store was the perfect car that would suit all their needs, that uh, our dealership was the absolute best place that they could ever, ever, ever walk in and do business with, that spending twenty, thirty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars of their money was perfectly fine, and uh, if they did that today was the only time that they could possibly do it in order for them to ensure their own happiness. Dude, man, that was magic. Mm-hmm. That was magic. That's uh, Because all those th- things needed to be aligned in order for the vehicle to be sold. At least that's the way I saw my craft. Yep. Things have changed around here over the last few years. <laughs> the, uh, in the internet, social media, YouTube... Google has had a huge impact on the way vehicles are sold. And there is a lot of people that talk about the car industry and they they don't have any idea how the business actually works. I, I, because of what I do and my, my behavioral patterning that, uh, my, uh, personalized, uh, digital experience gives me on my smartphone, mm-hmm. I get bombarded with. <laughs> I get bombarded with TNA. <laughs> mm. Jiu-jitsu videos and car videos. Oh, and quotes of stoicism. That's, that's what my social media feed feeds me. I don't know where the quotes TNA, of stoicism. Okay, yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. Let's I don't, go. I don't even know why the TNA videos bombard me, but somehow I have to kind of cover my eyes and scroll down. Yeah, you yeah. know, I don't, I don't look at those things anymore. Yeah, some good discipline. Man. I'm not about that life anymore. You know, things have changed. But anyways, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. saying that, there was a lot of people that their vitriol knows 
no end. There's no boundaries to the vitriol. And they are advising people in all sorts of different things. And one of the things that I've taken a tremendous amount of pride over the last 16 years that I have had my radio show is this, that knowing all that I know, and I hate sounding repetitive, knowing all that I know about the car industry, about buying, selling cars, if my mom was sitting across the desk from me asking me the question that you are asking me, what would I tell my mom? And that was the only moral compass I ever used in order for me to answer a question here on air. Which, by the way, if you do happen to have a question, call me. Because slackers don't like to call this radio station for some strange reason. 289-275-9600 is the phone number. We're live. When you use your mother (laughs) as a moral compass, you will never steer your mother wrong. You just wouldn't do it. It's like a family physician looking after their own mom or dad. Like, would you ever give him the wrong medicine? Would you ever leave any stone unturned looking for the causes so you can solve the actual problem? You wouldn't. That's not the way as humans treat each other, especially your parents. And the reality is this, that as, as well as my stores have always done, because I've been, I've been very, very fortunate that thousands, actually tens of thousands of you have supported me in every one of the stores that I have run over the last 20 years, because I've been running stores for 20 years now. Sold cars for 10 and running stores for the last 20 years. You guys have loved me and supported me. And you, for the most part, you stay pretty true to what I tell you. And they, I will protect your interests. Most of you folks will never come down and see me because, oh, you know, I don't want to drive that far. Oh, my God. Like, Oakville is so far. Stop it. We have a phone call? Yes, what? We are, do. are you serious? We this do. Is, we actually have a That's amazing. Who do we have on the line? Uh, they didn't give their name, but they're saying that they are buying a new car. Amazing. Uh, to the anonymous caller that we have on air right now, you're calling the Carrasco Show. How can I make your life better this morning? Hi, Mr. Greg. Um, I've been trying to buy a new car, and I'm getting frustrated with the salespeople. What I'm finding is they don't ask your needs. It's just like they don't know, even know what the, the, the product is. I know more about the product going online, and I ask them, does it do this? And they say, yes, it does, but it doesn't. And then they apologize for not knowing. So you're setting and them up for the... Hold on. Sorry, what is your name, sir? Peter. Hi, Peter. So you're setting them up to fail. You're asking me about a feature that you know the car doesn't have, and they just tell you that they it has it, and then when you call them then out... It has. They, yeah. Because they don't have brochures anymore. You have to go online, so you're researching the vehicle. I know what it has, and I go into the dealership, and he says it, ha- it doesn't have that, or it has it, and they're wrong. And I just find that the salespeople don't ask questions. They don't ask your needs. It's just, it's up to you now to go online, research the vehicle, and buy it. 
Now, how many how many deal, I, how many dealerships and salespeople have you spoken du- during your process? I've gone to three different Toyota dealerships, and they they and they all the same. Order, basically, yes. So you know what all those three dealerships uh, have in common, right? What is the only common denominator between those three dealerships? They have no vehicles to sell, and they know you need it, and they don't care. Just buy it or don't buy it. Mm. Interesting. I was going to say that you are the only common denominator between those three dealerships. Well, that's true, but nobody asked. Like, I have a back issue, so I'm trying to find a vehicle Mm -hmm. that I can bend in and get in, which is very difficult to find. Uh, Which vehicle Uh, are you looking at getting, Peter? Which which type of vehicle are you looking, looking for? I was looking at the Toyota Toyota Rav4. Um, what are you driving? What are you driving right now? Now I'm driving a, a Camry. Okay, yeah, and uh, you know you sound like you are you know over fifty years old. I'm seventy six. Seventy six. How long have you had this back issue? Oh, uh, twenty five years. I've had three spinal fusions, so bending in to get into the vehicle. Not good. Not good. It's a little different. No bueno. Yeah. So, so Peter, hold on a second. Let me interrupt you for one second. Have you ever heard yeah. of something that is called the uh, no contact seat? Uh, what is it that they call it? The um, the no the no gravity s- seating system. No. Okay, so I'm going to blow your mind away in the next 30 seconds, okay? Uh, Go ahead. Nissan uh, did a study with, uh, they got together with NASA. Uh, You see, when you send spaceships to to the space, uh, into orbit, um, you you apply a tremendous amount of gravity to your body and to the seat because your body is pressed against the seat. And uh, what they discovered that there was a specific type type of seat configuration that re- removes all the pressure points on your back. Did you know about this? No. Okay, so every single Nissan Rogue has it. So the Nissan Rogue is the direct competitor to the RAV4. Now, in that segment, you have three or four vehicles that compete with each other. You have the RAV4, you have the Nissan Rogue, you have the Honda CRV, and uh, some people may argue with this, but you do have the Hyundai Santa Fe or the Tucson, depending who you ask. You cannot make a mistake on any one of those cars because they're, they're all phenomenal. But... The Nissan Rogue is the only one that gives you the no-gravity seats. So there are some people... So does it have a power seat that you can go down? I've, as far as I understand, yes, they have a 12-way power-adjustable seat. So here is my suggestion, Peter. Look, I understand that you want to buy a Toyota, and I respect you for that because Toyota is a phenomenal car manufacturer. But if you're not getting the results that you want, uh, at some point you can't keep beating your head against the wall. You know, all I ask you is to give this Nissan Rogue a try because we do have them in stock. And, uh, you know, selling a Nissan is not an order-taking type of scenario. Toyota sells so many cars, Peter, that if you don't like it, you can just walk out and don't worry, there's a lineup of people that will take those vehicles because RAV4s are are like unicorns, especially hybrid RAV4s. But there are other products that are just as good 
less money that are actually available for you to pick up. So, you know, here is what I suggest to you. If you come and see me, I don't know where you live, nor it matters, okay? Here is what I suggest to you. Yeah. You come and see me. I will give you a Nissan Rogue to drive for a week. And then you tell me whether this vehicle is something that would fit in your life or not. Because, you see, you're going to test drive a vehicle. There is no way that you're going to be able to find out whether this vehicle is good or not for you. It's like going on a first date. Sure, everybody is on their best behavior. But then you spend some time with these people, the same thing with a car, and then you start seeing the problems. You start seeing the kinks. You start seeing the inadequacies. So this is, this is what well, I... that was the other issue. There's, you can't take one out for a drive because they have none available. Okay. I'm, I'm offering you right now a week-long yeah. test drive. And you will decide whether this is something that you can live with and you can actually get to enjoy the seats. That is one of the things that Nissan is most well-known for other than the VQ engine series that is something completely different. Because I do believe that the Nissan Rogue, um, it may not be... Okay, so let me just rephrase this. Is the Nissan Rogue better than the RAV4? I, I can't... I can't answer that question. But is the RAV4 $10,000 better than the Rogue? And the answer to that is absolutely not. So, come down. Where do you live, Peter? Yeah, Mississauga. Oh, you, Peter, you're down the street from so me. I'll, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll one day next week, I will come down. So, let me know, which day works better for you, Monday or Wednesday? Monday or Wednesday. <laughs> Right now, uh, right now, um, neither of those days. What? A, um, which day do you think it would work best? Well, probably it would be a Friday. Okay, so why don't we do this? I'm still working, so I, I'm still working. Amazing, but um, why don't we, Peter? Listen to me for a second. Why don't we do this? Instead of me trying to sell you something, I'm going to show you an alternative. So next Friday. I will yeah. make sure that the entire day there is a salesperson available for you and that there is a vehicle waiting for you to take it. If you don't come, that's on you. But uh, my commitment yeah. to you is next Friday there will be a fully loaded Rogue, gassed up, plated, waiting for you to come in and take uh, it for a week. I don't need it for a week. I can, I, don't, I can tell right away getting in and getting out how it looks, how it rides. I can take it for a ride. I don't need it for a week. That is, that is up to you. The vehicle is there and available yep. to you. So we will wait for you next Friday and make sure that everyone at the store knows you're coming and we will answer all the questions that you may have and you can drive the vehicle for as long as you need to within a week and then you can decide whether waiting for a RAV4 is something that you need to do. Fair enough? That's fair enough. Thank you very much. Peter, thank you so much for calling the Carrasco Show. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me and ask me for my opinion. I I really mean that. Thank you, and hopefully I'll see you next Friday, okay? Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Yep, bye. Bye. For all the salespeople that were listening to that phone call, that's how you do it. That is exactly how you do it. You listen, you try to understand, and you offer some potential solutions. 
You don't cool down the competition. You don't tell the customer that RAV4 are bad cars because you're lying. RAV4 is one of the best cars ever made. But you listen. I can guarantee you that if Peter comes, because if he doesn't show up, it's on him now. If Peter doesn't come, it's going to be on him and it will always be stuck in his mind like a splinter in his brain that maybe he should have listened to Carrasco and come down and test drive the zero gravity seat on that Nissan Rogue. Man, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm so good. I can't even stand myself. I'm basking. <laughs> I'm basking in the heat of my own glow right now, folks. We have another phone call? Yes, we the do. The slackers are awake. Yeah. What is happening here? Who do we have on the line? Uh, this is Aguilar, and he wants to talk about that $66 a week uh, deal that you were offering. Let's talk about it. Aguilar, thank you so much for calling the Carrasco Show. Uh, how can I make your life better this morning? How you doing, buddy? How, I, uh, how you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. Good, good, good. No, I just had a question. I figured I'd go, you know, right to the right to the source instead of you know calling around. And then I heard you talking about uh, sixty-six dollars a week. Yes, on Kashkai. Yep. Okay, I have a tw- I have a twenty-one um, Ram fifteen hundred uh, classic. Okay. And I I, I, I'm, I still have owing on it, but. Is there something that can be done there? Absolutely. And where I could still get that 66 a week? Um, well, it all de- I'll do it today, man. I'll do it today. It all, de- it all depends. It depends on a couple of things. Do you know how much money you owe on that 1500 I do. I do. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, what? It's, can, I, can I say how much? Of course. Oh, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just around 55000 And um, what year is your vehicle? 21. 21. How many kilometers do you have? 38,638. Okay, so this is what we need to do. Um, because the vehicle, you, you know, we're talking thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000, right? And you, would you ever buy something for $50,000 without seeing it? Is that what the cash guy is? No, 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 no. I'm asking you. So, no. would you ever buy oh, something? I, I got you. I get what you're saying. Okay, so I need to see your truck. Okay, so if you drop by uh, for absolutely, yeah, maybe five minutes, I'm gonna be able to do a proper appraisal, and then at that point, we're gonna compare okay. what your vehicle is worth to what you owe, and if those two are virtually the same, absolutely, you can get the sixty-six dollars a week plus tax on that car. Absolutely. Now you okay. didn't you didn't lease your fifteen hundred, did you? Is it a is it a loan? It's a loan, yeah. Uh, do you have an extended warranty on it? I believe I do not. Okay, when can you come and see me today? What time you guys open? <laughs> we open at nine a.m., but we we close at five. Uh, Any time in between, because my crew is just an extension of what I do. Man, my people are brilliant. Uh, honestly, I, they yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah, I'll take it in and I'll talk to one of the guys there. Uh, so there, there's two people that I need you to talk to. One is my uh, is my right hand, 
His name is Daniel. His, his name is Daniel. Daniel Yu. He's my general sales manager, and uh, the other one is my yeah. other right hand. His name is Sean. He's a sales manager there. Any one of those two guys will take on. They listen to the show. They know what I do. Come and see them, and I will get there immediately after the show ends, and we'll put something together for you for sure. Cool, man. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, man. Thank Thanks you, brother. And I look, I, I look forward to meeting you in person. Yes, sir. Okay, Take bye, care, man. man. Have a good day. Bye, you too. You see, this is how we establish relationships. This is how we do it, baby. You know, isn't that a song? Yeah, we Martel should, Jordan. There you go. Maybe we should play it on the way back. You know, I'm, I'm energized. I am revitalized. I think I just realized something on air this morning. Tell me. That the car business is the thing that I know the most about, and that's what I should talk about. <laughs> <laughs> the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And we, <laughs> there is only one commitment that we have for you folks, is that we will not let you down. I, I promise you, challenge me on this. Before you make any car buying decisions, you owe it to yourself to come and see me. Let's take a short break. We're going to be right back. Everybody, this is Randy Couture, and if I'm not beating people up, I'm listening to the Greg Carrasco show. Give it a listen. Take care. That's right, baby. This is how you do it. For those of you in the car business, you're listening to a clinic. That's what we put in on air every Saturday morning. There's a reason why I'm here. There's a reason why we do this. And I think that the art of selling has been lost. We're not doing it right anymore. We're not trying hard enough. We are relying on the computer to provide all the information that you could otherwise use to establish a better relationship with your clients. I will make a conscious effort to talk more about this. And what prompted this hour this morning, and I feel very, very passionate about this, is that in, in two instances this week, Two customers call me saying, Greg, I listen to your show all the time. You know, I've been listening to you for a long time. You're great. I need your help. Why? He says, because I didn't listen to you. They listen to me, but they don't listen to me. They listen to the show, but they do the exact same opposite of what I tell them to do here. 
And that's a big problem. Mm-hmm. Because after you bought the vehicle, okay? After you bought the vehicle, after you signed the bill of sale, I can't help you. It's called coaching. And somebody could lose their license. It is unethical for you to receive advice from a car industry professional. And I'm talking a professional. There's a lot of people that shouldn't be in the car industry. If you bought a vehicle and you are getting advice from somebody that works in the car industry and they are coaching you into getting out of a deal, that is unethical. And if somebody knows, if somebody finds out, these people could lose their actual license. So do not put me on that position. Don't. I'm not helping you. You bought a car, good. If it's a good deal, great. If it's a bad deal, good. Maybe you listen to me next time. But after you buy the car, it's virtually impossible for me to help you. I could just steer you in the right direction. You know, go talk to that person. Go talk to this person. You should go and speak to this ministry or whatever. But don't fall trap of making a decision in which you feel, oh, I was pressuring to buy this car. What are you, five? You know that you are an adult, right? And at any given point, you can just like say, excuse me. Stand up, turn around, and walk away. No one is able to hold you down, folks. This pressure nonsense is something that you tell yourself to blame somebody else for the mistakes that you have made. Oh, I was pressuring to doing this. Really? Really? Come on, man. Come on. What about agency? What about autonomy? Mm-hmm. What about you having the power to say, eh, yeah, no, this isn't good for me. It's like if somebody came to me and said, Greg, here, here, here's some cocaine, man. Here, here. Come on, man. Do it. You got to do it, man. If you don't do it, you blah, 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 blah. You Come on, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. Come on, do it. There is nothing that can be said to me that would make me try it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I'm an adult. <laughs> I make choices. Like, I don't do drugs. Say no to drugs, people. I don't do drugs. And by the way, I don't consider weed a drug, really. Mm-hmm. Because I will smoke a little doobie from time to time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you get wound up and right before you go to bed, it's like, ah, fine. I bought some spliffs a little while ago. They sat at my night table for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to smell or taste like that, but whatever. Stale now. Well, I've got some in my. I've, I've got some in like an airtight tea tin, but I haven't Listen, used no, no, it for no, no, a while. That's because you know? you're a pothead. I don't. I never. I, I, I never. I, no, 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 no. I have no. not. I have actually not lit up since January of 2022. Oh wow, that's amazing. Good for yeah. you, man. You know. Anyways, <laughs> all I'm saying, <laughs> all I'm saying to you is that you cannot claim that you were pressured into doing something. Unless you don't have the the capacities, the capabilities of saying no. And I don't believe that. You know, this is pretty free. It's a pretty free society. People don't do those things anymore. But after after you've already signed the, the contract, there's nothing I can do for you. Nothing. 
something else that is going to come up very, 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 very often over the next two or three years. Folks, please listen to me, okay? And this is this is more than my opinion on this. This is almost like a public service announcement. Um, many of you folks out there that uh, made the mistake of leasing back in the day, because I've always believed that leasing was a mistake, um, many of you leased a vehicle for three, four, five years, and you enjoy the unnatural interest rate of 0.9, 1.2, 1.9, and all interest rates around that area, which gave you an unnatural low monthly payment, sort of like that million-dollar home that you bought for 0.99 interest rate five years ago, right? Well... Again, some things are going to change around here because all those artificially low payments, uh, the chickens are coming home to what? To roost? To roost, yeah. Yeah, to roost. So those payments of $500 a month that you had for all those five years because now you're going to have to make a decision whether you want to or not. You're going to have to buy, make a decision whether you want to or not. That lease is going to be due. You're going to have to either buy it or turn it back. If you buy it, you're going to have to pay used car prices that are going to be like 8%. If you pay cash, you're going to have to take money out of your investments for which you're getting 10%. So you're going to pay 10% either way. And then if you pay 10% from the money that you actually taken out of your investments, the opportunity cost is 10%. And then you're going to have to suffer the depreciation of buying a car cash. So that turns into 20, maybe 30, even 40% loss if you pay for the vehicle cash. You need to come to the realization that the moment that you switch a loan or a lease or a mortgage in today's just inflation environment, your monthly payment could very, very easily double. Mm. Very, very easily double. Yesterday, I had a customer. They had an Infinity product that they lease for you know five hundred dollars a month. The same vehicle, same price. Actually, it's a better price today that I gave them yesterday. Was still a thousand dollars a month. And it's like, oh, um, but you need to do something for me because I am loyal. Do you really think that the Bank of Canada cares? <laughs> no, folks. <laughs> banks do not care about you. Oh, you got to be able to do something about the interest rate. Um, no, the interest rates are not provided by the dealers. The interest rates come from either captive finance or they come from banks. And we all know what banks like to do. They like to make money off of you, right? Mm. Right. So if you have a lease coming up. The best thing for you to do is right now start getting used to the idea that your monthly payment is either going to double or you're going to have to find something a little bit more affordable. Affordable. Next hour is a very, very interesting hour for me, folks. Okay, we're going to take a break now. But before we go for the break, um, once again, I am usually bullied in this radio station by my boss. <laughs> she seems to get a rise out of putting me in very, very, very uncomfortable situations. She asked me to have 
a meeting with a medium, with a lady to speak to the people on the other side. Ooh. Ooh. So next hour, you're gonna see a very, you're gonna hear a very, very interesting exchange with a lady by the name of Stacy Aguros. I had a lovely conversation. Is this all made up stuff? Does this warrant some attention? Or is this really something that could happen? I'm going to leave that up to you. You will decide. If you're just tuning in, folks, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We are Canada's largest radio show on weekends. And for whatever is dear to you, you need to stay tuned for the next hour because it's going to blow your mind away. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We'll be right back after the break. What's up, sports fans? Forrest Griffin here, and I want you to check out the Greg Carrasso Show. Check him out. Greg and the gang. Uh, yeah, enjoy. It is time for Greg Carrasco! Kick it! Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. If you're just tuning in, folks, you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. We've been on air for about 16 years, a boot. 16 years. <laughs> 16 years. We've been around for a long time, and it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Very happy with what we've done. Saying that, our show has expanded. We are exploring. And like I said before the break... My boss, Jody, here at the station, she's probably laughing right now at home. It's great. <laughs> Thank you, Jody. What is a medium? So I'm going to read a standard definition of a medium. It says, a medium is a psychic who has fine-tuned his or her extrasensory perceptions and can interface with the spirits in other dimensions. They are able to feel and or hear thoughts and voices or mental impressions from the spirit world. A medium is able to become completely receptive to the higher frequency or energies on which 
a spirit vibrates. Hmm. They're in tune with vibrations. So I decided to suspend my disbelief a few weeks ago, and I, I took a dive into a conversation with a medium. Her name is Stacy Oguros, very, very, very lovely lady. And uh, even though she sensed, immediately sensed my skepticism, she was kind enough and open enough to have this conversation with, with me. We didn't do it on air because she wanted to be able to connect with me at that level. Mm-hmm. So what you're going to hear is something that took place not that long ago. Enjoy the ride, people. Enjoy the ride. Hi, Stacey. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I, you know, this is um, this is way out of my comfort zone. Right. And um, after having long conversations with Jody, uh, she uh, she convinced me that that I should do this with you, and simply wow. because um, you know the show, you know the Carrasco show is uh, is pretty eclectic. We have all sorts of different experiences and guests, and uh, I, I always go into interviewing someone or having this sort of experiences uh, with an open mind. Now I'm a natural natural skeptic, but uh, I, I am going into this with an open mind. And uh, I can't, I can't lie. I am a little bit nervous, but that's. I am sure that uh, is normal. It's very normal. So I appreciate you having me on the show, and I, I, I'm, I'm looking. Being skeptic is very healthy, so I appreciate that. So you know, I um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the the ball in this one here and say, uh, and just guide me through the process. What, what are we trying to accomplish today? So a lot of most people, what they want out of a session with me is just clarity, clarity on what's maybe happening for them career wise or financially or relation, especially personal relationships, finances, plus a lot of people who are very sort of, you know, open spiritually want to know about their growth, where they're at, what's the next steps, how to progress Right. What is it that could potentially be holding them back from where they want to be? I see. Yeah. You know, from from that perspective, I mean, you know, I, I have a lot of clarity. I, I'm, I'm a pretty happy person. Uh, okay. But um, for, for what I understand today, we were going to try to find some sort of a bridge into talking to someone. Sure. And um, and, um, you know, my um, I understand that you wanted some a picture of my my father. I did. Yes. Uh, my lay father, and uh, you wanted a picture of myself, which is, uh, I thought it was an interesting request. Why do you often, uh, why do you ask for a picture, if you don't mind me asking? I think, well, so I prepare about a half an hour before I'm actually with a client. So what I do is I I meditate, I go into a meditative process and kind of get a sense of what I get around you. Every reader technically reads differently. I focus in on what I would call almost like an energy DNA, getting a feel of what type of person you are, where your focus needs to be, what what is going to be productive for you, what it is you need to know as well, potentially as loved ones on the other side. So it's not just, my expertise is not just the other side, it's kind of like in in its totality of where you're at so this is why i asked for a picture of you so that i can help tune into your vibration your energy okay um well the um (laughs) the reason why i was you know while while talking to jody uh, we uh we discussed that um, you have 
you have done this with Jody before, and she was freaked out. That's yeah. that's the word that she actually used. Um, <laughs> and um, I, I felt that, that I, I trust Jody, so and uh, we we seem to have similar interests when it comes to these sort of things. And the reality is that you know, with my father, um, you know, my dad, I and I, I didn't really know him very well. Uh, he was he was absent, and uh, by the time I realized that I wanted to speak to him, he was already gone. Right. Um, and um, that piqued my interest, sure. As to sure. as to what uh, what your thoughts on that were, and uh, whether there was something to be found, to be seen, to be said, to be felt, and uh, you know, in in relation to that. So I find that very interesting that you would say that because the first thing that I, I did pick up on your father, and graciously he came through very easily. Um, the word, his exact words, was. Are you sure this isn't hocus pocus? I, I kid you not. And I laughed because I never take offense to any souls that may be skeptic on the other side. We don't lose technically our personalities. We just expand on them when we go to the other side because we have more awareness, right? We get mm-hmm. what we would consider almost like a life review and we get to look at what we've healed and what we haven't. The interesting part is I was going to ask you if your father has been gone for a while um, because I feel like a distance. So I find that interesting that you would use the word that you didn't know him very, very well because there feels like an energetic distance. Um, but though he didn't hesitate to come through. Um, so the okay. distance, just so you know, just for me as a reader, the distance can be the amount of time a soul has been gone and past, or it could also be that dynamic within the relationship. I feel that this man has a lot to say, and he has a lot that, you know, he cut. It's, it, and this is not uncommon for a lot of souls on the other side that they feel that sense of shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know, when yep. we, when we kind of go back, I don't feel that this man felt complete with the things that he accomplished in his life. I think that there was a lot more that he wanted to do and say. Um, the good thing is, is that, he is at peace, but he does have a lot of regret. And that that makes me, you know, sad for him as a soul because, you mm-hmm. know, you know, you don't ever want to feel that with someone on the other side. You want them to be able to feel that sense of freedom. And I, I don't, with all due respect to you, I don't feel it has only to do with you either. There's other people in your family that he has a tremendous amount of what he feels explaining to kind of do. Um, I feel like he was very much his own person, very set in his way. There was no talking to him, whatever what it was going to be like, I don't know if you want to color it, color or sort of call it stubbornness or just, you know, set in his way. Um, there wasn't a lot of uh, room for negotiation <laughs> unless he happened to agree on it. Um, I don't know if you feel that he was an angry man or if you had heard that he was an angry man. I feel like there was times that he was very shut down. Um, he just rationalized a lot of things, probably didn't take a lot of accountability for some of the things that he had, you know, kind of done and not like, I just feel a lot of loose ties, loose ties that he feels. And so the awesome thing is Greg, as hard as this is to understand is long, long, long time from now, by the way, um, you will meet up with him again and you will have a conversation with him. And he feels that he's going to, you know, say a lot, and he's going to explain not 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 necessarily because he has to, but because he wants to. Because I think mm-hmm. you don't. I don't feel, with all due respect to you, that you know the whole story. And it's not him trying to make like to make 
to make you side with him. Do you see? It's more, okay, let me put this piece together. Let me put this piece together. Remember when this happened and this happened. This is why it happened. These, and this man, I feel like, again, a lot of the things that he did had a lot to do with the way he was raised or the th- way things happened for him. It had, unfortunately, it affected the people around him, but it, it had a lot to do with his own life, his own vibration, a lot less to do with you, would say, personally. Um you know, he takes, it's unfortunate that a lot of souls take accountability once they're on the other side. By the way, I also saw a grandmother figure here as well. And I also wanted to ask you um, if there was ever a loss of a child in the family. Oh, um, in, yeah, yeah, a few, yes. Because yeah. there, there feels like there's, a, a specific child that would belong to your family that's also on the other side as well. And I and it's not to rehash any yucky memories or to bring anything to the surface that should be kept private or in a private session. Some things yeah, are yeah. yeah. You know, some things are quite personal. Um the energy of this child feels male rather than female. Mm-hmm. Um and so like um it, it it's sorry, let's go back to your dad because I feel like you know, he's doing his best to take care of uh, people and circumstances as best as he can to feel like he's making positive contributions, right? And please, even though a soul's on the other side, uh, th- they still contribute to our well-being, if, especially if they can contribute in, well, in, in very positive ways. So let's say there was something you were working on. He would almost step in with a, with a with a strength to help you accomplish things that he never felt that he contributed or was able to contribute to in your life. Um, the very common practice on the other side. <clears throat> you know, what else do you see? It's, it's interesting that you uh, then you bring up a grandmother. Yeah. In a lost in a lost child. Um, what you know, what sort of energy do you feel in relation to that? Uh, and so, what made you feel that it was a grandmother and not a grandfather for that matter? Um, well, it feels like a lady and she's very, uh, very, very, very strong woman, definitely in her day. Like I wouldn't have wanted to be on her bad side, but she was a good woman. You know, she's a little old school, <laughs> but a good woman, you know, and yeah. she is like, oh my God, Greg, like at least with you, and your, you know, your child, your children, holy moly, like she's got you guys like singled out. She's a little teary eyed. <laughs> she's a little bit less objective. She's like, oh, you know, so there's this yep. sweetness that flows where for her and, and me mentioning her is Stacey, I just want them to know that I'm good and that I'm safe and that I'm watching over them. And a mother or a grandmother's job is never done. We always are watching. We're always helping. We're always assisting. We're always sending messages of love. And when it comes to you, I tell you, honestly, I don't feel any objectivity at all. So if I had said anything to her, <laughs> you know, about you, let's say negative, she's like, no, 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 now well, like here's, she would rationalize it. <laughs> so, you know, it's really sweet. <laughs> and, and, and then she would argue with me about where I'm wrong in my points. Um so, yeah, it was more, she's coming through more to show, like, she's giving me this tremendous, and this is the hardest part about doing a session, is you can't put sometimes those feelings into words, like the love that she radiates, the protection that she radiates, the blessings that she radiates. This is a matriarch. This is a woman who watches over your family with pride. Now, there are things that she's not always happy that, 
even since she's passed that she has seen. And that could be dynamics within the family or things that she thinks, you know, if she was here, she would chime in and give her two cents, you know, about. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she just, she sends it more. Her focus is more about love. Your father's focus is more about making things right with you. Your grandmother's energy or this woman's energy is about love and about protection and that she just wants people to know that she is in a better place and that she's doing well. Um, this young child, it's more like there's a, there's a, there's a feeling of sadness and there's a feeling of like he is protected and he is in a safe place. But you try to explain that to anybody who's a parent um, who might have lost a child. I don't care how many billions of years ago it was. You cannot rationalize that. You cannot make right by losing a child. You just cannot. It's not something that anyone in a lifetime deserves to experience or feel, but the loss feels very tragic. I, I don't know. You know, there's a fe- just a, a tremendous sadness and a feeling of loss, and yet this child is, is in good hands. This child or young man is in good hands. There's that need to to reassure or to let, you know, to let your family know that he's being watched over because there's other loved ones on the other side that are taking care of him. He's not alone. And this young man has excelled and progressed and grown and evolved and had had a big impact while he was here. So it almost makes it even more tragic. And he was a smart kid. I feel like he was a smart kid. Interesting. The um, you know, when when you go through this this process and and you try to tune in to souls on the other side, if you will, yeah. when does this take place? Like, I mean, are you feeling this right now? Is it something that comes in waves? Um, and and how do you know that these people are specifically related to me and not just wandering souls on the other side? So very, very good, valid questions. Um, when I am actually reading you, I, I, I sometimes get things prior to speaking with you, like senses. And the more I go into that energy, the more it opens up and the more they tell me. So as I'm talking to you, your father's present, your grandmother's present, this young boy's energy is present. And then it kind of just continues to amplify how I know it's not just any soul and that it's related to you is because it's your energy I'm engaged in and not anyone else's. So through this process of learning, I've learned detachment. So I know how to use protection in order to not allow any other sources to come through. So these are people that are connected to you, your family, your history, your ancestry. Um, and yes, it, I, I do a lot of protection work prior for you and for me before I even start reading you. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. If you're just tuning in, I have Stacey Aguros here with me. She's a medium. She's trying to create a bridge to the other side. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Please don't go anywhere. There is more to come.
what's up Toronto when the boogeyman goes to sleep he checks under his bed for me Ken Shamrock here and you're listening to the Greg Carrasco show hello Toronto folks if you're just tuning in you're listening to the greg carrasco show and uh, uh an interview that i did with stacy aguro she's a medium and uh she uh despite my skepticism she's been trying to create a bridge to the other side uh, i hope you're enjoying the conversation and uh let's bring her back here is stacy aguro's everybody i um what else can you pick up from my dad there's just a, there's a lot of apology. There's a lot of empathy. There's a lot of regret. And, um, you know, I, 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 maybe because I know we're kind of on the show and I'm, I'm really trying hard to get into the energy more specifically for you. There's always a worry for me about what becomes, um, you know, personal, very personal, um, because I think the issues that he would address would be, you know, personal ones that he has specifically with you, you see? And so that kind of stuff, you're touching on things that are pretty sensitive and that were, that have been long outstanding. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a tough thing to sometimes get into when you know it. Yeah. When, you you know, I, I think that, uh, when it comes to these, you know, this sort of conversations, and, and for you, one of the reasons why we decided to do it not on air sure. is because we, we, number one, we wanted to provide you the safety for you uh-huh. to feel that it was it wasn't a performance, right? Uh, but also so we can actually have a, a good conversation and yeah. a good connection that, that right. would, uh, you know, would clear the path for you to. You know, have your experience, you know, in a way that was conducive to translation, if you will. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, When it comes to your dad, I can tell you that without question and without doubt that there's a lot of unfinished business. I think that he feels that he's gotten to know you better since he'd been on the other side and that he feels... This man had a lot of things in his life that weren't right, that never had anything to do with you. So any lack of being present, any anger, any resentment, anything that he did had absolutely nothing to do with you. Um, It had everything to do with his inadequacy, his fears, his... And he was... I feel like he was involved in things that, you know, maybe weren't always on the up and up, right? Things that, mm, you know, he just doesn't feel, he feels like he did things in his life that maybe you heard things about 
where you don't know all the pieces to the story. Because I feel like, really, like, uh, how, do, how do I explain this? And maybe this is a bit off record if you want me to, you know, talk no, about you, it. No, you know, honestly, yeah. this is, you can, you have, you know, the, the, the freedom to speak about anything. Like, okay. honestly, there is no yeah. taboo topic. Right. Okay. So, you know, whether that was a ton of women in his life and there was a lot of betrayal and there was a lot of deceit, there's definitely something with a lot of deceit in his life and, you know, not, not taking accountability. Um, now I don't know if that has to do with women or if that has to do with other things, but there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things that were hidden, a lot of, a lot of untruths. Uh, and there is going to be a day that he is going to make sure and that, that he is going to straighten out with you. Like, I got to be honest with you. I'm impressed that he's even come through and told me this much, considering that he thought this was hocus pocus right at the beginning. And he even said to me very nicely that I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I said, I take no offense. In actual fact, I find it very funny that you think this is hocus pocus. <laughs> um, it was actually quite, you know, quite funny. But there's things that he's not even willing to discuss with me because he feels they're too private. And you know what? I am not the type of reader on any level that pushes against the grain. I respect what I get. And there was also a lot of other things as well, Greg, that I picked up on with you that are unrelated to your dad and the other side. Talk to me. This is a free canvas. You 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 are free to explore and share. Yeah. So first and foremost, I'll tell you right now, I don't know if you've ever heard the term because I think you, I think maybe Jody or yourself mentioned that this might be a first time experience for you. And you're a very, you're a very old soul. What does that mean? It means without trying to uh, um, take away from your belief systems in any shape or form. It means that there's an inner level of wisdom that you've had since you were little, whether that be empathic or intuition, whatever you want to call it, gut feeling, where there's this extra, there was things that you knew that were right and wrong when you were little, you might not ever have been able to explain it or, and then certain things happen and you were like, oh my God, like I felt that, I saw that, I knew that. So that shows that old soulness shows that technically to people like me that you've had many, many lives prior to this one. Again, I'm not here to overstep boundaries and to Mm -hmm. use that wisdom to help other people in whatever context that you're going to do that to with. So whether that's um, like to me, you have a higher purpose here. And to me, your purpose is working with other people, sharing that wisdom, sharing that sense of you know, how, and you might do it very logistically, but how do you remain, you know, in your space and in your zone? There's other elements that I picked up on in the next year and maybe uh, 16 to 18 months. There's a whole financial shift for you. There's investments, there's rearranging, there's, there's, there's such a, it's almost like a, a regrouping, a rescaling, a re uh, like from a business perspective, I don't know if you're even involved in business, but whatever, there's just like a re financial, like things are kind of pretty nice between 2024 and 2027. Something's being established that isn't presently established that is helping you kind of take things financially to the next level, providing that you make the proper investments and that you logistically look at what you're investing in and how to do that. 
in order to help other people. How you choose to help other people is completely your own brand. It makes no difference to the universe. The idea that you're making changes for the people, for yourself and also the people around you. Um, but I'll tell you, even if you say to me, you know, Stacey, I'm pretty content and I'm pretty happy with my success. I'll be like, move over because you haven't seen it yet. So kudos to you if that's already happening. Um, you have, you know, there's there's a level of integrity and, and you know, you have that pragmatic side. But you also have a, like a wisdom about you that your guides keep wanting guides, guardian angels that want to keep pushing that out of you. You teach the people around you that wisdom so that they can succeed and kind of be again in their own element. Um, I don't know why I feel like with you, I want to kind of take you away every now and again where you can regroup because you are always nonstop. It's very hard for you to turn off. So whether that's uh, on the golf course, whether that's on a beach, I don't really care. You being in your zone is in and having time away from the bustle of things is extremely important for you to reevaluate, to reassess, to look at what your next steps are. Um, cause there's a lot of positive changes between now and I'd say 2027, especially business wise, financially, structure wise, like it sounds ridiculous, maybe, or it might make actual sense to you where I feel like you're building, you're building a structure, you're building something that has the ability to expand and to expand quite well. Lots of people involved, lots of hands, you know, involved. It's not just you, obviously, if it's business related, it usually takes more. I'm really sorry. Let me just decline this. Um, it sometimes it takes, um, you know, it's like what do they say? It takes a it takes a kingdom, you know, or you know, it takes a village. Um, but this feels a little bit more, you know, business or work related rather than personally related. Uh, it doesn't feel, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But a massive, massive shift in investments, uh, making investments, creating investments. Wow. Like, wow. And by the way, I don't know if you do any type of like, you know, presenting or public speaking, you would be really good to be in that forum as well to have people, you know, sort of hear you depending on what you want that message to be. So there's so much more that you still have to do. So get comfortable. Oh, another thing I also wanted to tell you, and I want to make sure I don't forget when it comes to health related issues, I just want you to watch blood levels, blood levels, like, uh, 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 blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, anything that has the ability to get high. So make sure you're diligent. Could be genetic because I'm seeing a corkscrew that goes back. Um, Wonderful if you live very healthy and you eat well. Uh, This might be something, again, genetic that I just want you to keep an eye on with all due respect as you age or as you experience life. Yeah, just something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, I don't know if there's any form of high blood pressure or heart attack related issues in your family. I want you to watch those things. You're not in danger zone. You got absolutely nothing to be afraid of, providing that you're staying on top of it. You have a long life here. You still have a lot to accomplish. I feel like, you know, children, grandchildren, like there's a lot to see. There's a lot to still do. You still, you know, you're just starting to slowly hit that peak of, so much more that's coming and being able to share that with people who have the same integrity and have the same intention. So there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on and it ain't slowing down anytime soon unless you put yourself on a timeout. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah, there is no timeout in my world. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, you might have to kind of give you, yeah, you might have to give yourself some permission to do that. Right? So. Yeah, um, from time to time. 
Right. Really important because that helps reset you and it helps put you. It's one of those things that, you know, again, even if you don't have the time, it's one of those things that'll really reset you and it'll really help put you back into that. You'll come back bigger, better, stronger. Now that might be applicable to tons of people. I don't care about tons of people. I care about you doing it because I'm telling you that is what is going to be the difference between you making a hasty decision because you feel like you're putting, you're being put under pressure or you take a little bit of that time out and be like, I'll call you tomorrow with my answer. That's it. Don't ask. Let me think about it. Let me assess this. Let me figure this out. So you haven't come here just to, in this lifetime anyway, just to have success on the outside. It's to have internal success. And you got to figure out what that means to you and what that looks like and how you can take the people you love with you on that journey and how to create them to be self-efficient, to carry on that legacy. Because you are here to finish business that other people, with all due respect to them, that were raising you, helping you, or should have been there, maybe didn't teach you. And now you're doing it, and you're leaving that legacy so that the people that come after you have that legacy to kind of carry on and have good structure, right, and good good purpose. Um, because I think, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know... darn it. I I hate it when I lose my words, you know, rivers run deep with you. So if someone's connected, you know, and it's someone you respect and love, you're going to help them accomplish, you know, their goals, especially if they're really coming from a place of integrity. And if they're willing to work hard, it's kind of like suck it up, buttercup. You're willing to put in the time. I'm willing to show you, you, I'm not doing this for you. And, you know, kudos to you. And it's not in a harsh way either. It's more like, hey, I'll help lead you if you're willing to do the work. Then it's up to them. So you definitely are a leader. And and a, and a, it sounds kind of funny, and maybe this isn't the right word, but like a trailblazer per se, to be able to help lead people to things. It's just up to them whether they're going to jump on it or not. Um, right? So... Um, there's a whole lot of stuff that you're doing and a whole lot of amazing impacts that you're making. And I feel like you've already made a lot of those impacts. Um, it's not just about, we just want you to take time out every once in a while and kind of take stock of what you've actually created, not just what you're going to do. So, you know, this is all, this is all good stuff. I mean, who wouldn't like to hear this sort of thing? But what about the bad side? I mean, what what do your vibration tell you that is that isn't so good? That isn't so pretty. You know, that's a really good question, Greg. So I don't actually, as a reader, focus on that. I'm not that kind of reader. So I'll give you an example. When I meditate on your energy, I ask the guardian angels and the master teachers, that's who I feel I speak to, to assist me in helping you progress on what you can focus on, what you can accomplish, and what better or more you can do. Because we already all have enough, you know, traumas and enough things that are that hold us back so much that I'd rather not be that reader that focuses on that unless someone comes to me and says okay Stace this is my trauma this is what I want to work on what do I need to do to work on it I'd rather focus on the things you have the ability to change rather than the things that you don't okay I understand I understand you are listening to the Greg Carrasco Show, and uh, with me, we're doing an interview with Stacey Aguro. She's a medium, and she is trying to connect me 
because I've been disconnected for some time. So the uh, the final part of the uh, for this interview will be back in uh, in a very very short period of time. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And those of you who know, before you make any car buying decisions, you need to come and see me. We'll be right back after the break. Tucker here, and if you're hearing the sound of my voice, it's too late to escape. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. My dad told me Saturday mornings used to be for watching cartoons, and now we have to listen to this guy? My name's Lily, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show! Part of the journey, I was looking at all the life. There were plants and birds and rocks and things. There were sand and hills. And we're back, folks. If you if you've been listening uh, with me on air, is um, Stacia Gurus. We did an interview with her a couple of weeks ago. Uh, she's a medium, and she decided to. Uh, to look at uh, behind the curtain on the other side. And uh, this is me suspending my disbelief and just going down the rabbit hole. Stacy's a very, very interesting person. Uh, this is the final part of the interview. And please just, you know, listen up. This is actually kind of cool. Um, what else can you, when you talk to me about um, specific things that come up to you that feel peculiar that feel different in relation to when you meditated in uh as it pertains to this interview today um i'm not sure i understand your question i'm sorry uh, is there anything that stands out that oh. uh, that is that, that really is like oh i didn't expect that or something to that effect something peculiar the thing that actually surprised me the most was this young man that passed he's the one that i was like wow i wonder if you know, if he lost a child or if there was a loss in the family, like more immediate family, you know, rather than distant family, because that to me, uh, I unfortunately prior to having my child, you know, lost for, you know, pregnancies. And that was really traumatic for me. So I'm highly sensitive to any souls that I think shouldn't be on the other side that are yep. that that really surprised me and i thought oh I, you know i'm, I'm gonna kind of mention it to greg and see if that's an okay area to talk about um because sure. it, everything is, yeah. everything is okay to talk about right right that was the thing that was the most peculiar the thing that made me probably the happiest and the most excited for you was this business stuff um, or these opportunities when it comes to networking and expanding and helping, you know, um, like like a network or like more. There's just more and it really helping or employing people and, and educating people and strategizing and diversity. And that was the thing that excited me the most for you over the next you know, few years. Let's be honest, the economy is not where it should be. It's very, very difficult. And so being able to, you know, help people 
uh, not only for you to make money, but for other people to make money and for it to give opportunity is actually what we need. So that to me was really exciting. And I have to admit, I'm a little curious. I don't need to know. It's none of my business. Uh, uh, I always like to stay objective, but I find that probably, you know, the most fast, one of the most fascinating uh, or the happiest. What I found, I think, aside from this young boy that I found really interesting is this old soulness, this wisdom, this innate wisdom that you had since you were little. This innate wisdom of, of knowing you know, it's like no one necessarily had to tell you. I mean, it was good that you were taught, but what was right and wrong, you knew instinctively. You, It's like, it's like, you know, it doesn't mean that you didn't whack your head when you were, I don't know, a young man and you didn't do, let's say, silly things. We've all done silly things, but I'm talking like a young age, like eight, before eight, before nine, you know, like there's this innate wisdom of knowing um, what is real and what isn't. Maybe you just didn't know how to assimilate it at eight. Because let's be honest, when you're eight, you don't always, you know, you're seeing at an eight-year-old's capacity, let's say. Um, but this innate, like you were born to be a leader, to help guide people and to help lead people to better. That I can tell you for sure. Whether you've honored that path or not is, com- you know, kind of completely up to you. And maybe it's been shaky along the way. That's just life. Let's be pragmatic for a second, but it still applies to who you are and the work that you're doing here um, and the changes and the, 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 the impact. That's what the word is, the impact that you can make. And you could use that for good. So why not do that? I'll, I'll most certainly try if what you're saying uh, becomes some sort of a reality at some, in, in the future. Right. Um, now, the... Um, when when you meditate in in relation to a client or a friend or someone that you meet that you do this sort of things for, um, is it is it is it a slow process? How long do you normally sit down to absorb these vibrations and energy that allows you to make those conclusions that you that you share with the people that put themselves under your hand? So that, that's also a very valid and good question. For me personally, it, it, is yep. instinct, it is instinctive. You can sometimes, I could be at the grocery store and I can pick up information. I try not to um, because usually by the end of the day, I'm tired. <laughs> um, but at least, yeah, but at least, you know, like setting up for your appointment standard is a half an hour, a minimum of a half hour. And I, I come into my office and I have this, little sanctuary here in my home where, you know, I've got some candles going and I've got some beautiful calm music that puts me in a meditative state. And I kind of focus in for, you know, a half hour. I feel for me, it's a buildup of energy rather. And, and some, when I, when I need that instinctiveness by the grace of God for me, at least it's there, but um, yeah, I always like to build it. Cause then I know I, I feel much more grounded about the work that I'm doing. Two questions. Uh, the first one is: uh, in, uh, When did you realize that uh, that you had this ability to interpret things, or to be visited, or to speak to uh, you know the the other side, as you as you've said it before? And how do you deal with people's reluctance to to believe this sort of stuff? And, sure. and, and essentially, you know, how do you deal with people's skepticism? Because when, when you say it out loud, it's like, oh, my God, you do that. 
And uh, naturally, people will say, yeah, and, you know, this is, you know, I, I don't know if I believe this sort of thing, but how do you deal with that? And how, you know, in, in a, how do you, I guess you, you have nothing to prove. This is it's an energy yeah. that you feel. I get that. Um, but how do you deal with that skepticism? So I'll step back a little bit and answer your question. So I think I, I think I was about 15 or 16 when I truly realized that not everybody was like this. Um, but for me, it was kind of like everybody brushes their teeth. Everybody takes a shower. Like it's just everybody's like this. So I, it wasn't until I was about, you know, 14, 15 that I started losing friends <laughs> um, that I started to realize that, oh, wait, maybe I'm saying a bit too much and, and this isn't normal and this isn't, you know. And when I got involved in this, it was over 30 years ago, um, 35 years ago. So there was a lot more skepticism um, around this type of work than there is even now. Um, so I learned to be very selective with who I chose, you know, uh, to share this with. But I had such a interest. I was fascinated with how is this even possible? And I'll share with you, Greg, my, my first passion is law and archaeology. So I went from complete pragmatic, planning on going to university and law school to, you know, something completely polar opposite, and so, yeah, I'll say, yeah, yeah. And so that was a really difficult sort of passage. And as far as dealing with skeptics, it used to really, you know, affect me when I was when I was younger. I felt like because I knew that I was coming from a place of integrity, and I knew I wasn't making it up, and I knew that I didn't know these people, especially that were coming in from the other side. Or I would say something, and people would look at me and go, "What?" Like, and their faces would go white. And and I I I I, I was. Like, I think I shocked them, which is understandable. I've learned to respect this gift for people who are open to this. Um, and it's okay if people don't believe. I have absolutely, I take no offense at all. Um, there was a time when I was learning where I did because I really wanted people to be like, I didn't want people to see me as a liar because I've, I'm someone who lives with a lot of integrity. So it was hurtful when I was younger. And I've learned you know, through years of wisdom, but it's okay. Not everyone's going to believe it. And, you know, and that that's okay. And skepticism is very healthy. I have it. Um, you know, stuff that I read, I'm like, mm, you know, I really, the, the science that part of me is very into quantum physics. So I'm like, okay, like if it makes sense, then maybe, you know, like maybe it'll, it'll resonate. So I, I just believe that everybody, it's, it's very, very healthy to be skeptic and, and to discern what resonates for someone and what doesn't resonate. That's awesome. Now, if people are interested in, uh, in, in having a conversation with you, where can people find you? Um, so I am on Instagram and my Instagram yep. page. Yeah. Stacy Agoras intuitive. Um, it has on my page. It has my phone number. Um, it also has my email and, uh, uh, I'll, yep. And I have a website that's, uh, stacyagoras.com as well. And they can definitely reach out to me to, to book an appointment. Are you, are you in the GTA? I'm, I'm in Oshawa, Ontario. So just east of the city. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, Fantastic. Yeah. I do have clients all around the world. Uh, I'm blessed. And so I do a lot of virtual sessions as well. So okay. this is fascinating. So, you know, before we close off, um, 
is there any 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 message that you felt that was trying to be sent to me by the people from the other side? You know, the person that I felt the most really was your grandmother or a grandmother figure. And yeah, and the 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 love, the love, like I, I can't I cannot put it into words for you. I don't care if she passed away when you were a child. The love that this woman has for you is like a mother figure. I'm going to tell you honestly. And the, you know, <laughs> this might sound silly, but she wants you to be a good boy. <laughs> and so, you know, it's really endearing. I'm not trying to laugh, but she's like, she just wants you. <laughs> she's just so sweet. She wants you to do things proper. And, the, you know, he was, you know, for all the caca you've experienced in your life. And that's the best way to say it, according to her. She's proud of the things that you've done. Really, she's, and that's the thing she wants you to know the most. But she's, I'll tell you, she's wiping away like the happy tears. I don't feel she was always an over emotional woman, but, uh, you know, probably tougher, you know, easier to be tougher. But, um, but she always, she does this weak thing. She, like, it's like her reprimanding you and then looking at me and winking, like, ha. I told him, <laughs> you know, like there's, there's a very typical, with all due respect, I think it's a beautiful thing. A very typical European side to her. You know, like, you know, I have eyes in the back of my head. Don't forget. <laughs> you know, and it, it really makes me laugh because there's such a, a warmth to this woman. Sometimes in life, you just meet good people. And I'm telling you, as I sit here and breathe, this woman was good people. It doesn't mean she always did things right, but she was there for her family. She was committed and she did the best on what she had. And she looks back on generations that have been after, come after her that she's really proud of. But I'll tell you, she's definitely got you a little bit singled out. She's a little biased. There's no doubt about that. So the biggest thing is her love. Honestly, her love and her, her, like, we don't always do things right in our lives. But according to her, you've done a, a really good job and she's really proud of you. And she needs you to know this. I don't know what her need is to tell you, but she needs you to know this. And again, if well, I didn't know, yeah, if I didn't know any better, I think she was a mother figure. That's uh, This is very, very interesting. You know, uh, there is, you know, after this exchange with you, I mean, you know, sure. we don't realize how quickly time goes by. We've been talking for almost 45 minutes now. Right. And, um, there is a lot of stuff for me to think about. Yes. Um, there's a lot of things that I need to process because like, sure. you know, like I said to you at the beginning, I, I came here with an open, with an open mind. And, uh, you know, you have said some very, very, very interesting things that I will share with the audience when they hear you uh, on Saturday, most likely, because we need to you know, put, put this all together for you. But I really, really thank you, Stacey, for taking the time and, uh, and doing this with me. I mean, this was super, super fun. And I hope you had just as much fun as I have. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, we, can, we can send some people your way. And maybe this thank is you. not the last time that you, that you spend some time with me. That's awesome. That would be great. Thank you. I really appreciate your time as well. Thank you, Stacey. We'll talk soon, okay? Okay, take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, that was a ride. <laughs> that was a ride and a half. Definitely. Um, I, I can't deny the fact that, um, you know, in certain moments during that conversation, you know, the hairs on my arm, they stood up. It's like, what? What is she talking about? 
How does she know this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're the only one that can decide whether you believe in this sort of experiences or not. I decided to have those conversations anyways because I figured that enough people do it. There's got to be something there. But uh, that was Stacy Agurus, everyone. Thank you so much, Stacy, for uh, being such a good sport and, uh, and doing this with me. I, I was sitting in a parking lot at the gold station in Oakville you know, having this interview because wow. I had to step out from the office. Mm. But uh, that, was, that was a great conversation. Folks, we are going to reset and we have another guest on the other side of the hour. And don't forget, the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are open this weekend. We'll be right back after the break. What's up, guys? This is Vito Belfer. And you are listening to one of the toughest guys on air. Greg Carrasco Show, man. Congratulations on your show. I wish you all the best. Toronto, stay safe out there. God bless you, man. This is Vito Belfort, the phenom. Ready to strike. Let's go. It is time for Greg Carrasco. Kick it. Whoa, it's the Greg Carrasco Show. Get this party on the road. How fast can this right go? Whoa, yeah. Celebrity guest from the East Coast to the West. And we are back. If you're just tuning in, folks, you're listening to the Greg Carrasco Show on air for about 16 years, and we are the absolutely, unequivocally, without a doubt, the largest radio show in Canada on weekends. And one of the things that makes us so popular is the fact that we have such an eclectic set of topics that we address every single Saturday morning. And uh, I don't have an American woman on the show this morning. I have a Canadian woman that, uh, you know, life brings you places that uh, you never really imagined. You're going to meet people, interesting people, and you start conversations. Um, Some of the most interesting people that I have met in my entire life obviously have been in the car industry uh, simply because I've spent three years 
decades in the industry and then uh, through Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So when we opened the Mississauga location, naturally you have dozens and dozens of parents that bring their kids to the school and the parents just sit there in the waiting area. We have a giant TV. Parents look at their little at their little people learning some valuable life skills and uh, uh, I met this lady. Her name is Selena Mello. Selena, thank you so much for joining the Carrasco Show this morning. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm uh, so excited and it's so true. The Jiu-Jitsu Studio is fantastic, such a family-oriented place and it's Wonderful to see my kids grow there and getting to talk to you uh, there at the desk and talk about different things. And uh, I'm so excited to talk to you here about the Lakeshore Art Trail. This is, uh, we, I, I'm always believed that anybody has the power to amaze us. We just have to give them the opportunity. Now, I understand that you're an arts teacher and uh, uh, then obviously through connections on Instagram and social media and whatnot, uh, I got to see with some of your work, which is fantastic. I, you know, thank you so much for oh, sharing you. your your art on social media. Um, but then, you. then you showed up with some pamphlets, and uh, there is an event happening this weekend, and uh, the the Lakeshore Art Trail. And apparently, this is the twenty second year that that this takes place. Is am I accurate with this? Yes, yes. So, I mean, twenty. 22nd annual, but there were years in between with COVID where we did online. So we're not really counting those. But uh, the trail started in 1999, uh -huh. and it was a collective of artists from Port Credit, Clarkson, and Lauren Park. And that they were just a bunch of like-minded artists who came together, and they had the idea of having advertising a trail, like an art crawl type thing, between their art studios. And so they started advertising that back in 1999. And we have a few artists still with us on the show that are from those origins. Um, and one of them is Gabby Tutak, who's our exhibition coordinator. Mm -hmm. And uh, so over the years, how this has progressed is it started off with just the studios. And then as other artists were juried in, because it is a juried show, which means that... Um, People submit their artist portfolio and a panel of artists takes a look at their work and decides uh, based on the merit if they're a good fit for the show. And uh, so it, started, it continued on as a trail and you would exhibit in artist shops as well as studios. And so I started at that point back in 2018. I've been in the show since 2018 and I used to exhibit in Port Credit um, in a shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, but with COVID, we had to kind of pivot. A lot of businesses did, and uh, we did an online at that point in 2000. I took over as coordinator and uh, of the trail, and we went online and we did some online markets, like many other art artist fairs had. Um, but we always discussed that we wanted to maybe do one venue and create something um, like an art show that represents Mississauga and is at the level of what's going on in Toronto and so we're all now in one location. How many next week? How many artists have been uh, gathered together for this uh, uh, for this art show here in Mississauga for this weekend? So for next weekend the twentieth and the twenty sorry the twenty first and the twenty second, yep. it's gonna be about forty artists. 
Wow, that's a how, so forty. Where is uh you know when when you and I in part of me the the actual exhibition is on October twenty one and twenty twenty uh, first and twenty second, correct? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Excellent. So, when when I was talking to you about this art show, um, you you mentioned to me that it's taking place at uh, at something that is called the Small Arms Inspection Building, and that sort of caught yes. my attention. I don't know if you remember this conversation at the school. Can you yes, tell I us? Do. Can you tell us what the Small Arms Inspection Building is? Uh, because a lot of people don't. Uh, I don't think they have any idea how many historical buildings there are in Mississauga. And this one, because I'm an ex-military person. So this one caught my attention. What is this building? Yeah. So it's really interesting because um, it was designed in 1940, but it was used as a large munitions plant for the Canadian Army through the Second World War. And uh, during the Second World War, this is where women were creating small arms, so munitions for the for the war effort. And so if you drive by on Lakeshore uh, and you're driving past just at the, at the bottom of Dixie, so right at the border of Mississauga and Etobicoke, you'll see the small arms inspection building there. And it's this industrial building and they have um, in the big windows that are covered on the, the side for the, uh, the roadside, you'll see big images of women, uh, portraits of them who were the munitions workers. Um, and so it gives a nod and an idea of what went on there. Uh, so it's really a great part of our history. And uh, it was originally man- managed by Toronto and the Region Conservation Authority. But the city of Mississauga in 2008, they wanted to protect the building from demolition. And so in 2009, it became an Ontario Heritage Act. Uh, sorry, protected under the Ontario Heritage Act. Now, so it's one of our protected buildings. Uh, question for you: When when it's not holding the art uh, shows or uh, art exhibitions, what what is the building also used for, or are there any other uses for it uh, other than the fact that he, that it is a heritage building? So what's interesting is that uh, the city decided to renovate it and make it this multi-purpose open concept art location, cultural venue, and. Um, and that they wanted to be called, they wanted to be a creative hub for artists in the community and have different community events there. And so Creative Hub is actually the name, Creative Hub 1352 uh, is the Small Arms Society. And we partnered with them because we released the Lakeshore Art Show, we partnered with them because we saw this as a great opportunity to merge our our efforts and our ideas. And uh, so Creative Hub, they're a nonprofit corporation. Um, and what they do in the space is they host arts events, they have art workshops, they uh, host for certain um, community organizations, such as Pixie Blue Studio, who uses their space to do um workshops with students with intellectual disabilities. Mm-hmm. So it really has become this incredible cultural arts hub and they have amazing art shows throughout the year, amazing events. Plus on Sundays they have the farmer's market, the Lake Youth Farmer's Market. That's so a, this really amazing. There hub. are there are so many things that uh, that take place right under our nose, and we have no idea that this stuff actually happens. That's why I, I, I asked you to come on the show because uh, you know we, we I've lived in Oakville for the last twenty five years, and before then I I was in Mississauga and in Tobico, and 
I had no idea that there was such a large community of artists that sometimes get together and all these additional events that take place on this wonderful buildings that have been there for a long time. And because we don't, we don't get to see it from the outside, we don't know that it's actually happening. Now, you know what, what I want to do now, Selena, is that I'm going to take a very, very short break. And uh, on the other side of the break, I, I want you to take me into a little bit of a ride of how your discovery process of becoming or, or, or exploring your artistry, your art, actually took place because, it, you know, there's, there's a lot of art in my family, whether, you know, as musicians or painters or writers. Uh, my family is riddled with these people. And uh, I want to know how you came to be because your, your stuff is beautiful. And, and for, for people that, uh, that are looking for this, uh, I think it's called Selena Art uh, on Instagram, right? Selena, Selena Mello Fine Art. There you go. So why don't we do this? Let's take a short break, folks. The show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. And we are talking about the Lakeshore Art Trail here with Selena Mello. So just stay tuned. We're going to take a very, very short break and we'll be right back. My name is Sean Avery. I love getting under people's skin, but not as much as this guy. You're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. Hi, everybody. This is Haley Wickenheiser, and you're listening to The Greg Carrasco Show. everybody this is uh if you just tuned in you're listening to the greg carrasco show and uh with me on air i have selena mello she's a member of the executive committee of the lakeshore art trail that has uh, an exhibition this coming weekend october 21st and 22nd uh the small arms building here in mississauga right at the bottom of dixie and lakeshore um before we continue talking about the uh, the, the lakeshore art trail selena i I have a couple of questions for you. I mean, you're a mom, you know, you're there all the time with the girls, uh, you know, you're a wife, you're a teacher, you're an artist. Uh, what, at what point in your life you, did you discover that you had this gift? I mean, I, I always tell, you know, parents that uh, whenever your kid has a, has a gift, you, you, you won't be able to stop. It just comes out. You know, at what age is it that you started to exhibit some of those signs that you were going to take your life in this direction? Because not only you paint beautifully, but you're also a teacher. Um, where, where did this start? So uh, both of my parents were artists. So um, I, uh, I was always, I mean, I don't remember a time when I wasn't drawing or painting, whether it be with my mom in the kitchen when I was like three years old. Or, and I can remember stuff from back when I was like two, three years old. <laughs> really? and, uh, or at my, yeah, I do. I do. I remember being like three years old and we had like this counter and my mom would be cooking and she would have stuff out and I'd be like drawing or, um, 
my dad, he was at a, is a, was a graphic artist. And back in the old days, like they had, you know, everybody had the big drafting tables and I'd be there with, you know, the uh, Prismacolor really stinky markers and the authentic artist markers that I'd be drawing there on the big drafting tables since I was just a little kid. And, uh, but I, I decided that art was always going to be a part of my life and I didn't know what it was going to be. And then I decided when I was 18, actually, that I wanted to be a teacher. I think 17 or 18 is when I decided that I wanted to go into that. Um, and it really fulfilled me being a high school art teacher. I thought that that was my my calling. And I think it still is in a lot of respects. I really enjoy teaching and the relationships with the students and talking with them. They're hysterical. I really love teenagers. And, um, and so that really fulfilled me. I would do art sets for the school productions. And I thought that that was enough. And then in 2013, a bunch of teachers, they had this idea of creating an art show for teachers and they called it practice what you teach. Yeah. And, uh, it pushed me because I decided to, uh, paint something. And it, even though I was a new mom, I was on mat leave actually with my first daughter and I was like, okay, I'm going to make the time and I'm going to do this painting and I'm going to start painting. And I did one and I'm like, no, that's not good enough. I'm going to do another one. And I exhibited <laughs> and I, ha- I was, it was received so well. And it was, it's really hard as an artist because it's scary. I would say to my students, I'm like, you're always worried. Is somebody going to say, you know, what are you actually saying? Is it worth it? Or do they like it? There's always art critique and that's good. It, it helps to make you grow, but it's hard to put yourself out there. And uh, that first opportunity, it gave me the bug to create for myself and not just for my students. Um, and then in 2017, I, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to see if I can actually do this as an exhibiting artist mm-hmm. and create a bunch of work and create a portfolio. And I applied to so many shows. And so in 20, cause you, you apply at the end of years and then like for the following year. And I applied to so many shows and in 2018, I did like seven or eight shows in that one year. And, uh, I and at one of the last shows in October was the Lakeshore Art Trail and I had such an incredible time and I just fell in love with the show and I fell in love with exhibiting and um, I just wanted to be more involved um, and that's how I became on the committee. Question uh, and I guess I guess this is more related on a, on a, on a, on a personal standpoint uh, my sister is uh, is an art teacher and uh, you know she paints ah. she paints beautifully as well I I paint, and uh, the reason why I ask you this is uh, that I'd love to see. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, but uh, I, <laughs> you know, loving to paint and being good at painting is something completely different. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that ev- everybody that has art in their family, uh, I think that there is a lot of. Uh, introspection and self-assessment and we are our biggest critics it's like oh my goodness I don't yeah. want anyone to ever see this <laughs> but uh, there was yeah. a period in my life that I, I, I created a lot of work but I've always been embarrassed to show it uh, yeah. The, uh, yeah is it something that you went through saying. when you started um for sure. And I mean, even still, it, it doesn't matter how many accolades I get. If I'm painting and I, you get these moments and we are our worst bullies. And we all, you know, it's like, oh, you're so dumb. Oh, you're, you're terrible. Oh, you, you, <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how to paint. This, what is this? And I still say these things to myself. And I think that that's actually really important to share because so many artists think, that it just comes and it's like, oh, isn't this lovely? Anything that's worthwhile is hard. 
and we have to work hard to get better. And, um, and so my art has been an evolution and it's changed so much since 2013 to 2023. And I can't believe it's 10 years. Um, it's actually, as I'm saying it right now is when I'm realizing that it's been 10 years that my style has been evolving and it changed so much. And I think it's about embracing that change too. Um, and just growing. And the more you practice, mm-hmm. the more you look. And if you're like, I don't know, this sky isn't looking right. What am I missing? We're so lucky. We have YouTube. <laughs> we never had that before, right? Yeah. So, you know, my issue think, you know, is that I have problems with authority. So I don't like anyone. Uh, and I mean anyone telling mm-hmm. me what to do to the point that even when I buy something at home that I need instructions to put it together, I refuse to be told by the instruction book how to do it. And uh, it drives, well, it drives my family my crazy. Put a, he's, yeah, my husband's put a, a years ago when we first got married, he put together a TV stand backwards because he didn't read the thing <laughs> and then we had to take it apart. So sometimes it's good to follow instructions, right? So, but how do you balance uh, the the academic theory aspect of art and with the the natural aptitude and intuition that usually drives artists because I in in, in my opinion I don't know if you can you can t- teach techniques I guess but ultimately oh, sure. th- I do it every day <laughs> uh, but the actual artist you, you get you know somebody that doesn't have an artistic uh, Aptitude. It doesn't matter how many techniques you know. Um, the creation is never really the same. How do you balance those two with your students? So that's interesting. I think that I, what I say to my students is it's practice. Um, and everybody has a natural aptitude to certain things, and that's absolutely true. But if you imagine... You know, you're learning how to write when you're writing your name in kindergarten. Writing the letters is hard. And then if you continue to practice, all of a sudden your printing looks normal, right? Um, and, you know, how much effort you put into it. Maybe you'll have beautiful handwriting later on because it's something that you care about and you're going to, you know, your fine motor skills lend that to you. But everybody, but if, if you know how to print, it should be legible. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's kind of the metaphor for the art class. So when I'm teaching, I'm teaching the kids technique and I'm like, if you follow these and you practice, it's like a muscle you're building. I'm, and I talk to them about like, it's like, it's like you're lifting weights. Like you can only lift a little bit at the beginning, but if you keep practicing, it's like muscle memory and it'll start to get better. And it's just your ability to see and transfer what's on the page. Sorry, transfer what's in front of you onto the page. And um, it's really just practice. And if you want to get better, I think the hardest part is translating that technique to the creative aspect. And I think that's where it's the biggest challenge. Um, And uh, I think that uh, just having a really good understanding of art history. I had this one professor in university and he was so smart. And he said, um, with your art history, he said, find the hole in history and do that. Meaning, what did you like about this artist? What did you like about that artist? Mm-hmm. And then, what didn't they do? What was the next step? What could you do? And so I, I think about that. And so I would, I, so I really like an artist from the abstract expressionist. She's actually a color field painter, uh, Helen Frankenthaler. And a lot of people don't know her because people don't know women as much. But that's another story. And uh, Helen Frankenthaler, she was incredible and she did this soaking and pouring method where she would pour on a canvas Mm -hmm. and I thought isn't that fabulous 
what if I pour and then I paint into that pour? And then that evolved and that changed. And then I started using pouring medium as a modern approach. And I thought, well, what if I bridge that with photography? Because I love that. So it's just asking yourself questions and trying and seeing, does this experiment work or doesn't it? And that's that's kind of where I bridge those two. Uh, do I hope you, that answers your question. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, the, the, you see, with my approach to like every, every single tangent of artistry that I may have is that I'm, I'm all creativity and, and no technique. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I just, I just take a canvas and I just pour feelings onto it and whatever comes out, it comes out. And is there, there is no regulation. Well, yeah, yeah, but it's also, it exposes all your vulnerabilities because, um, when mm-hmm. when someone looks at what you paint, uh, it's the same thing when somebody reads what you write. You know, it's like, yes. oh, uh, am I not sounding that smart right now? It's like the, the you're you're like you said, we are our biggest bullies. And what would you mm-hmm. what would you advise someone that would love to see their paintings being exhibited in, in, you know, just like it's happening right now at the Lakeshore Art Trail. Uh, there is a judge, a judging system that takes place, correct? Yes. And what would you advise someone so, that wanted to participate and th- doesn't know how or if they're ready or the, if they're good enough? What would you tell them? Well, I think that, number one, um, what I've learned when you're uh, preparing a portfolio for evaluation is uh, that it needs to be consistent in terms of your style and uh, that you have to have a consistent body of work. doesn't mean that you have to always do the same thing, but you have to explore. And if you're still in the exploratory process, that's fantastic, but just explore and then find out where you're going. And don't worry. I think that people are worried about creating this one masterpiece and therefore they're afraid to mess up. And so then you don't experiment as much. I think that learning technique is really important. It's like not, you want to express yourself and write something like you mentioned, but if you don't have any grammatical background, it's not going to sound accurate. So or sound, it's not, you're not going to be able to express yourself. So technique is a tool for expression. So it, it, it can't be, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be separate. But I think that in terms of for artists who want to get juried into the show, the jurying process happens in January. And there's an open call that goes out on our website, which is lakeshorearttrail.com. And what we're looking for is a consistent body of work so that you aren't just still experimenting, that you have a cohesive body of work so that it's consistent style, consistent technique, um, and that you're able to exhibit that way. You know, you you hit something really, really interesting just now, Selena. And and, and this is something that I that I try to do with every one of my guests that come on the show. And you just gave me a quote. Technique is a tool for expression. You know, the more technique you have, the better you are at expressing that inner artist that everybody has. But, you know, the interesting thing is that that applies to just about everything. It's the same thing with jiu-jitsu. The more techniques you have, the better your jiu-jitsu will become and your ability to express it on the mat, which is fascinating. Exactly. um, Yeah. Now, what what makes this this Lakeshore Art Trail so special? And uh, why would you advise people to go and visit it? next weekend 
So not only is it an incredible showcase of art and culture, what's happening in Mississauga um, and supporting our local artists, uh, but this year we are so excited uh, in terms of our special focus and feature. And we have um, been, we've received grants from uh, community partners uh, because of of what we're doing. The Community Foundation of Mississauga, which is a financial support of the Hazel McCallion Endowment Fund, uh, they have uh, they have supported us uh, because we're matching acts of caring with community, and I'll talk about that in a moment. Uh-huh. And the Mississauga Arts Council is also supporting us because it started off two of our artists, uh, Wendy Bow and Mina Vancardo, who is Mina Vancardo is also an art teacher in our in Mississauga. They were discussing that they wanted to bring in. Um, uh, some artists with varying disabilities. Wendy Bo, her sister, Karen Esmail, is, uh, was born blind and deaf. And she's an, she's an artist as well. And she's an academic. She taught at Humber College, uh, teaching ASL for years. I think it's Humber College. I'm sorry if it's wrong. Now I'm confused. No, it's, it's okay. <laughs> you know, you are talk, you are under pressure. This is an interview and it's live, so you know yeah. people will forgive you. Trust yes, me. That's okay. Okay, so um, she uh, she's an artist that's going to be exhibiting with us, and so and so Wendy was speaking with Mina, and Mina mentioned that she has a former student from St. Joan of Arc in Mississauga, um, and he's a student. Um, he ha- with autism and they have they've continued he's now 31 years old and so their teacher-student relationship has has blossomed and now they just share their passion for the arts and he she loved she was inspired when he was a student of his tim burton-esque style so teachoy go and so wendy and mina they came together and they said you know what wouldn't it be incredible if we could us uh, we could invite these special artists to mm. exhibit with us and give opportunity. And so this was like this stepping stone for the show this year that we have also, we brought in Pixie Blue Studio. They're going to have a booth of their artists and who have intellectual disabilities. Um, and they do their workshops out of the, the creative hub, as well as they do some online. Uh, then Nina Vancardo, she got in contact with Options Mississauga, where they do printing as well as uh, employment opportunities for for people with autism and different intellectual disabilities. And so it's we're really partnering with all these community uh, people who do who use art as a means for expression and and how incredibly healing it is. So we're really excited to have this focus um, at our show. Mm-hmm. We encourage everybody to come out to take a look at that as well. We have double the amount of juried artists that we've had in the past. We have, as I mentioned, 40. It's, the show is just exploding. So many people want to participate, and the jurying process is getting uh, interesting. But it's fantastic and so exciting to see that we're going to have 40 artists. Um, in addition, on Saturday... Uh, we had we had this new we had this vision for the show, and we partnered with Creative Hub, and we're going to have arts-based workshops, panel discussions with artists. Uh, there's going to be interviews happening with artists. 
We're going to have local musical performances. It's going to be a wonderful family event happening on Saturday with a cafe that is going to be run by Option Saga. Mm-hmm. So this, the, the people who uh, who are dealing with who uh, work with people with autism and intellectual disabilities. And then on the Sunday, we're in, conduct- in conjunction with the Lakeview Market, the Farmer's Market, where there's going to be buskers as well. Uh, so it's a lively event on both days. And we're just really excited to get to come and talk. There's a gorgeous, light-filled venue with artist booths. Each artist is going to be there. They're in their booth. They're showing their work, selling their work. Oh, so th- this is a selling art. show? Oh yes, it's like it's it's like you're going to Toronto Outdoor Art Fair, but it's inside. It's like it's akin to Cabbage Town. Uh, it's like Riverdale. All these other I'm advertising for everybody else. All my other shows. That's that okay. But all these that's all these shows in Toronto. We were like we want to also bring these to Mississauga and have this type of art fair where people come. And for sure, yes, everybody is selling their work. The work is all for sale, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so we're art exhibitors. And so there's going to be is a big, cute, beautiful gallery wall and cafe, and it's just going to be a lovely event. Come and hang out, uh, come and visit us. And it's from ten to five on Saturday and Sunday. It's from ten to four, and it's it's a it's a it's a lovely event. I've, I've never heard anybody say when they come to the show, oh, you know, this was disappointing. I everybody's I. This is amazing. I didn't know this was here. I walked into the farmer's market. I was so surprised. This is incredible. People are always over the moon because really art, it just makes you happy. And we also have such a variety this year. We have a, we have sculptors. We have uh, oil pastel artists. We have uh, acrylic painters. We have collage artists. We, there's something for everybody. We have abstract artists. Figure, uh, figurative artists, landscape artists, you name it. There's not, like if you're looking for something, it's going to be there, which is so incredible. You know, I uh, as and I was as as I was preparing for the uh, for the show this morning, I was looking at uh, the all the exhibitors, all the artists that are going to be at the exhibition, and um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing some of their work. Uh, there's a lady by the name of uh, Juan Chen. Uh, that oh yeah yeah her stuff just you know stands out to me for you know for a personal reason and the other one is Sue Archibald uh, so I I will yes. drop by uh, the uh, next weekend to have a look at it but uh, you know on on behalf of the entire uh, all the people that listen to the show they call themselves Slacker Nation so on behalf of the entire Slacker mm-hmm. Nation Selena I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, to talk to us about you know something that is happening in Mississauga and and supporting the local artists and. Uh, and, and all the efforts that you guys are putting forward, um, you know, you. Uh, you did amazing. You know, you were worried about this long, long form interview, but you did amazing. And now where can people, f- you're going to be exhibiting there too, right? I saw your stuff in there. Yes. Yes. I will be at booth 36. Amazing. And where can people find you if they want to, uh, if they want to get your art, your specifically, where can people find you? So my website is selinamello.com. Okay. So C-E-L-I-N-A, Mello, M-E-L-O, dot com. Uh, so easy peasy. And there's a contact form there that you can contact me there at. Or you can check me out on Instagram at Selena Mello Fine Art. Uh, and uh, you can contact me there as well. And in the uh, Lakeshore Art Trail is happening next week in the 21st and the 22nd. Where? 
at the Small Arms Inspection Building at 1352 Lakeshore, um, and it's right at the base of Dix, uh, sorry, yeah, Dixie, and uh, we'll be there from 10 to 5 on Saturday and Sunday from 10 to 4. Selena, thank you so much for joining the Carrasco Show, and I'm sure that I'll see you around this week at the school. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and have an amazing weekend. Thank you, thank you. Take care, I'll see you. <laughs> Bye. Take care, have a good day. Bye-bye. What a wonderful chat that we had there. You know, I... I love painting, dude. Mm-hmm. I love painting. Uh, I, I painting's right up there with me picking up my guitar and singing. Definitely. I don't know. I don't know how to read music. Mm-hmm. I just play by ear. I um, I bought a piano a little while ago, and I just oh, very nice. I just That's bang right. away at the keys, and uh, I'm able to do a pretty rudimentary, <laughs> rudimentary and basic uh, <laughs> version of most songs. But uh, uh, painting is one of those things that. I, I have painted a lot, and sometimes in your darkest moments, you 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 know you toss a little bit of color on a canvas, mm-hmm. and everything becomes clearer. You know, you can live your life through a canvas and paint. Uh, and uh, I will I will definitely drop by and and see the exhibition. Uh, I I wish I was a little bit more involved, uh, and I regret not having been involved in so many uh, also art exhibits that my sister is involved in because she's a, she's a phenomenal artist mm-hmm. but uh, I, I'm making it a point to get involved in whenever she is has got something that she is promoting because she belongs to another group uh, I will do that as well but uh, Selena thank you so much for uh, being part of the Carrasco show and uh, and if you listen to the show just make sure that you check out the um, uh, the Lakeshore Art Trail that is going to take place uh, the art exhibit next weekend at the Small Arms Building right at the bottom of um Dixie Road and Lakeshore. Um, in the meantime, don't forget that the show is brought to you by Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. We are going to take a very, very short break and we're going to sign off the show on the other side of the break. the street it's the cars that have to look both ways <laughs> i'm chuck norris and you're listening to the greg carrasco show It's such a heresy to interrupt the song, man. It's one of the best beats of all time. Oh, yeah. I, timeless. I, I it's just timeless. Uh, you can hate the man, but do you have to hate their art, you know? Mm-hmm. What a show today, Lex. Yeah. I can't believe Great that show. three hours have already gone by. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to thank everybody that listens to the show every single Saturday morning. Hopefully, we have made your life better. And if we didn't, we I hope that we didn't make it worse. <laughs> that should be a that should be a mantra. That should be an edict. You know, every 
every life I touch, if I cannot make it better, at least, at least, I'm not going to make it worse. There we go. You know what I'm saying? Neutral is the absolute worst outcome that you can have when you have any exchange with me. But um, I do uh, I do have to say something that uh, I wanted to say at the, at, the, at the end of the first hour, but I couldn't do it. Um, folks... It, <laughs> I mentioned to you earlier that uh, I have a renewed interest on talking to you about the automotive industry because I see so many mistakes being made by good people. And uh, somehow uh, the self-interest of, of, you know, perhaps some short-sighted professionals that are not in the interest, are not there with the purpose of helping customers, they're just there for the purpose of selling you something. It's a different approach to life. It's a different approach to the business. It's a different approach to a transaction. And uh, I, I strongly recommend that, uh, you know, I mean, there are so many recommendations. I can sit here for hours and hours and hours and give you recommendations as to what to do or not to do in the car industry, or especially if, you, if you're looking at buying a car. Um, but uh, there is a couple of things that you need to know. When you trade in a vehicle, you need to at least get two or three places unless you trust the dealer implicitly, unless they, they, they've been a friend of yours for a very, very, very long time. You need to go and get an average of your trading value because dealers use the same system, folks. If a vehicle is worth $10,000 on a trade-in, it's highly, highly unlikely that it's going to be worth fifteen somewhere else unless the vehicle was always worth fifteen and somebody's trying to take it from you for ten. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the car industry, when something sounds too good to be true, it it almost 100% of the time is. Why? Look at this. Every dealer buys the product at the same price from the same car manufacturer. So number one, it is uh, it is illegal in Canada to uh, – it's against the dealer sales and service agreement that every single dealership across the country has. So, for example, if if I buy a Nissan for X number of dollars, every single Nissan will buy that car for the exact same price. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, your trade-in is worth the exact same – at every single dealership. Why? Because they are competing in the same market that I am. So, for example, if I have a vehicle for $15,000 and they give you $15,000, they would have to sell it for twenty. Therefore, they will never sell the vehicle. It's too much money. So, when... Whenever there is a, in, in the famous words of Anne Rand, who is one of my favorite authors, and all, all of you communists are rolling your eyes into your head, <laughs> uh, Anne Rand is one of my favorite authors. She says that whenever you find a contradiction, it doesn't exist. In our world, there are no contradictions. So when you are faced with one, you need to check your parameters. The chances are that one of them is wrong. The same thing happens in the car industry, folks. Something else. For the love of what is dear to you. I, I Look, I know, I know that somebody is going to say to you, don't do it, Greg is wrong. 
okay, go ahead. It's okay. You don't have to accept my advice. But I have no skin in the game. I run a Nissan and Infinity store right now. So if you go and buy a Toyota, I have no skin in the game. If you go and buy yourself a Chrysler, I have no skin in that game. So it doesn't make any difference to me whether you take my advice or not. But for what whatever is dear to you, if you're financing a vehicle or you're paying cash, which I hope you're not doing, because most people don't have cash available, they're taking the money out of their line of credit. If you're buying a vehicle or financing a vehicle, get yourself an extended warranty. I will never stop saying that to you. An extended warranty is like an invisible bank account that you create for future withdrawals. So five years from now, when your engine pooches and you need to spend $10,000 that you don't have, guess what? Now you're going to be thanking yourself for making a wise decision and listen to have listened to a wise man on the radio that you should have had an extended warranty. The number one reason why people trade in vehicles when they have them financed or owned is because of mechanical critical failure. Something broke down and you can't afford it anymore, so you need to spend more money now to replace it with a new car. An extended warranty gives you the power back. You make the decision now. And if you are leasing the vehicle, you need to buy yourself a lease condom. It's very, it's so fun to go unprotected into a lease, especially if it's a short-term lease. It's fun, right? Wrong. Because the, the, the type of things that can go wrong on a lease will be so expensive that would make you wish that you didn't lease it in the first place. Lease and protection is something that is offered by every single car manufacturer out there. Do they make money on it? Absolutely they make money. What do you, this car business, the car dealerships are not a charity. Saying that, every insurance is a waste of money until you need it. Your life insurance is a complete waste of money unless you die. Right? Right. <laughs> life disability insurance is a waste of money until something happens to you and you can't go to work. And then you go from a waste of money to a genius. The same thing happens with an extended warranty. The same thing happens with your lease condoms. The same thing happens when you listen to the advice of this crazy guy on the radio that you've been listening to for the last 16 years. Today alone, folks, I will go through more car transactions than most of you. Not all of you. Most of you will go through your in your entire lifetime. So I may know a thing or two about what to do in relation to your loan or leases. And the landscape is changing right in front of our eyes. I stood against, le against leases here for, for 15 years out of those 16 years. But right now, 
right now for a very, very, very small period of time, and I'm sure that this is going to go right back again, I need to reassess my position. Because number one, we don't know how long the interests are going to last this high. Hopefully, Mr. Just Inflation walks himself out of office and said, you know, man, I have ruined the country badly enough. Now I don't want to obliterate and eliminate the Liberal Party and walk out. That's the only solution to the landslide disappointment that seems to be uh, taking over the Liberal Party. So now you lease the vehicle for two years and then in two years you reassess. Maybe the interest rates have gone lower. Maybe you don't have to use your, put another mortgage in your house to finance the next car. And by that, I mean a line of credit. Remember that we've discussed this before, that a line of credit is nothing more than a second mortgage with a different name for all of you people that marketing convinced you to do things that you don't want to do. That's exactly what a line of credit is. It's a second mortgage on your house. Now, when you sell it, guess what? You need to clear off your second mortgage before you get any sort of profit on your, on your actual house. So, thank you. Thank you, thank you to all the slackers that stayed behind and listened to art teachers, mediums, and crazy radio show hosts. <laughs> I hope you have an unbelievable, unbelievable weekend. And for those of you that are looking for a vehicle, there is only one real place that you need to go before you make any car buying decisions. Where is that, Lex? Oakville Nissan and Oakville Infinity. Why is that? Because there's something happening here. At OakvilleNissan.com. It's been an honor serving with you all. Autobots, roll out. Missed part of the show or the whole show? Go to saga960am.ca to find the podcast.